dimension not only of sight and sound, but of mind. A journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of imagination. Your next stop, the Twilight Zone. You are about to enter the Chunga Zone. to enter the Chunga Zone.
All right. There you go. Yo. All right, man. How are you? I'm good, man. Can you see me? No, I can't see. I don't need to see you if you don't want to be seen, but I can definitely hear you. One sec. All Damn. right. How we he, doing, bro? He's revealed. All right. Um, I'm doing how's great. The, how's the audio? Because I'm using um, a USB microphone. It's great. It's better than most people's. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. How, how are you doing? Very good. Very good. I've uh, Your book's very inspiring. Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Appreciate interesting to uh we'll get into that but let me uh give you a quick intro first how, how much time how much time do you have uh, i think we've got a good hour at least okay well yeah that's not a lot of time but we'll see um, i was hoping for maybe an hour and a half two hours we'll see how much we can actually get in it's so much to cover i mean it kind of is and it kind of isn't because half the book is about mesmer and mesmers you know uh, yeah. all that stuff i'm like wow this is not what i expected when i first read the book but uh yeah. it definitely helped explain a lot of things that uh i had kind of experienced on my own but really couldn't put in words so yeah let me give you a quick intro here so yeah the welcome back to another episode of the float universe podcast it's uh usually we're doing this at night but it's actually pretty early here for me five in the morning here in wisconsin i think it's what 11 over there and yeah where you're at yep all right so good morning to you welcome i've got dmt researcher dick con we had him on two years ago episode 40 and we talked quite a bit about his other two books this is his Third book in the trilogy, DMT and My Occult Mind. Three, Investigation of Occult Realities. Like I said, it's the third of the trilogy. Um, you know, I've known you. I, I came across you, like I said, in the previous episode on Instagram. You've been banned quite a few times uh, just for sharing content and memes about DMT. So you are back, though. You, you've been able to manage to survive for quite a while this last iteration. So that's been good. And I've enjoyed your content on uh, Twitter as well. Thank you. You've been on Vice and uh, other fine podcasts I've listened to. You were also Graham Hancock's author of the month. I so that, that was, uh, yeah, that was a year or two ago. Yeah, that was a real surprise and uh, very welcome. Yeah, man. So welcome to the Float Universe podcast back again, Dick Khan. Thank you. Fantastic. So was this third book the one that he was putting on the on the book of the month club or was it the second one it was actually i think i think it was the first and the second so okay. uh, aware of the third one but um you know it started off with do you want to write an article and i said yeah sure and i did and they uh they liked it and they said do you want to expand on it a bit more and we'll we'll make you author of the month so uh yeah i jumped at that chance they liked the article i liked the article and they uh they went ahead and i was author of the month i think it was november 2021 something like that yeah, man, that, that was a great honor. This this book though takes it to the next level in my in my opinion. This is really not not that you shouldn't read the other ones. And the, and the first one's a, like a, a phone book of DMT DMT trip stories. Uh, highly recommend reading that. But this one here, I don't know if you can, you know, maybe. Well, my, my little green screen here, I've got. Won't let you. There you go. There's the copy. <laughs> there, I got the hard copy too. Yeah, so I don't. Thanks and uh, those those original books are actually uh, very expensive collector's items now. The DMT one, especially. Oh really? Uh, I, yeah, I've seen I've seen it go up to almost a thousand dollars per copy on Amazon. I know I a few know. years ago, yeah, somebody and I've got I've got the um, screenshot somewhere. I think it went for like something crazy, like over eight hundred dollars, mm -hmm. something like that. And yeah. made me wish I'd sort of like you know bought quite a batch of them, but um, I, I've only got one. I'm <laughs> 
Well, I guess you could always reprint them again if you wanted to. Yeah, I'm not. I've always said I'm not really in this for for making money, and and right. I'm be going against the principles that I've invested in this research. So why did you, after the f- first two books, what was the what was the motivating force in writing this third one? Ooh, so I guess the story behind this is that there was um, a sudden absence f- from all social media. I just departed you know didn't say uh goodbye no take your leave just completely went off the radar i didn't speak to any friends that i'd made and that was because i'd i'd began pursuing experiences with 5meo dmt uh and intending to write a book and that was going really well you know i think i was about it's about 25 experiences into it. And these were, you know, I mean, you know, not light doses, not medium doses. These were, you know, significant doses. And, um, you know, at, at that time, I was still online. I was, I was, life was good. I got no concerns about my online presence as DMT researcher. And yeah, then I can I, tell I you changed work. a lot for the first time we've uh, spoken. Definitely. You, you've definitely changed a lot in terms of accessibility and putting yourself out there since yeah the I'm, I'm, I'm not i mean i've got my um i've got my twitter i've got my i've got you know social media accounts but i'm just not active on there at the moment at all and, and maybe that will change in the future i'm not really promoting my book at all I, i'll i'll explain why but yeah the, the story with the five meo is um i i had this experience and it w- was mildly traumatic we can go into that now or later if you want and well, it, well hold on it, let's it, back up just for a second for the uninitiated now this these books that we're talking about yeah. mainly today are going to be about n n dmt for the uninitiated it's five on, meo n, is the yeah smoking like the dmt in the volatile state you know rather than ayahuasca so um mm-hmm. yeah Right, so you you were smoking the toad venom, basically. You were you were at least getting um, into not, that. Not not bufo, but like it's analog five meo DMT. Okay, so that is the synthetic version of that. That's right, yeah, synthetic okay. version. And, you know, it's uh, extremely potent. Right. And uh, yeah, I mean, they, they were up until the twenty fifth experience. They were phenomenally awesome experiences. I mean, you know, I mean, the the stuff is powerful. Um, but yeah, like that twenty fifth experience, and then like three or four others that that followed were exactly the same, and it, it just um. Well, what yeah, happened? Can you give us an idea what what was the experience like? So the experience was, and like I say, for context, I had no concerns, no qualms about my online presence as DMT researcher, and then this experience hit me, and um, it was like it was like DMT was all of a sudden going to be like global headline like paradigm shifting news across the world like you know wall-to-wall coverage and i was going to be caught up in that and i was going to be like doxxed to a universal extent and i couldn't mm-hmm. work whether that was a good thing or a bad thing but i felt at risk i felt my family were at risk and i came out of that experience you know feeling pretty traumatized and mm-hmm. like wow i i gotta disappear man i gotta hide under the duvet i gotta switch off disappear retired dick khan he never existed he's not coming back i was like gonna retire the books and everything and um you know after a few days i thought you know let let me go again let me go again and um (laughs) say say exactly the same again and it was like whoa and then another couple of times like wow man i've got dick khan's got to disappear man this this is too 
too thematic it's like there's a, a powerful message there and um yeah you know it's little wonder i didn't retire my books uh or delete my accounts but i um i was just off the grid for i think over over a year yeah you did disappear for a while there yeah yeah but you know um float that it was actually a uh a blessing in disguise because without that it probably wouldn't have forced me to do this research for dmt and my cult mind three which is as you i think you've hinted at it's very different to the first two books it's more academic philosophical um very few trip reports uh but that's the book i feel like that's what i wanted to say mm -hmm. for me it's like um having published it and, and tried promoting it for a while and not really enjoying promoting it. I just, I concluded that it's a bit of a mic drop moment for me. It, it definitely is. And let me ask yeah, you this I now. feel like, you know, I, I, I've, I've said what I want to say. I, I don't feel like I need to push it, promote it, press it, force it onto people. It's like, it's there if you want it. I guess it's a bit like DMT used to be back in the day. You know, it's like, if you're meant to have the book, then you'll have it. Right. Now, let me ask you this before we get into it. Do you think the same operating principles that you describe in this book are the same thing fueling the 5-MEO? Um, yes, to, to an extent, albeit I think um, I think the easiest way to explain it is I think there's a higher reach with 5-MEO DMT. Okay. And very, very basically, I would say, you know, with your, with your NNDMT, you know, you, you're certainly reaching high astral realms. I think with Bufo and 5-MeO-DMT, you're reaching like the angelic or the devashanic, devashanic realms. I think it's, uh, it's just a higher reach and consequently uh, a different experience. Well, it's good to hear uh, you, you did you did finally uh, get back to this point of wanting to finish the trilogy because uh, you basically, in, in so many words, try to explain the mechanisms and the, the things at play that, you know, give you the ultimate experience of you know it's seeming very very subjective but you really you know did a good job explaining something that's basically ineffable and you know impossible to describe so it was a very entertaining book for somebody who's been chipping away at this mystery for some time i also remember the last time we talked you were going to enter into maybe some salvia research did you ever start to chip away at that or no, no. Do you know, um, no, I've not, not touched Salvia in a long time, but I tell you, I, I, I mean, at the moment, if I, if I'm using anything, it'll be Bufo. If it comes my way, uh, yeah, big, big, big fan of, of Bufo, uh, really enjoying that. As I say, if and when it comes my way, Salvia, I, I've got a feeling, and this might seem controversial to some people, but I think Salvia, I might save the best while last because I hold Salvia, Salvia in such high regard, mm -hmm. um, and I've not been nearly as far as I know some researchers have, but you know, with the limited experience I have of it, I hold that stuff in really high regard. And uh, yeah, I've got you know, I'm got a, gi a giant trampoline downstairs that my boys don't use anymore because they're probably too old, and I'm loath to get rid of it because I will cage myself in there and smoke salvia, and then if I'm rolling around, then that you know, the, the cage will catch me. I won't be on the floor. Right. Yeah. No. Sal Do you think the same mechanisms that play with salvia as the other two? Um, yeah. In in terms of the for sure. In terms of that, there's a huge and with salvia, I mean a huge astral outpouring. Mm -hmm. But it seems to um, come from a different part of our occult constitution, our occult physiology. It seems to me come more from the sort of the chest region, the heart region. 
Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I've seen like huge waves of my astral constitution slowly traversing above me in the garden, you know, and it's just like, wow, that's yeah. just crazy. Awesome. Well, let's get into the book. So basically, to put it in one word, mesmerizing, right? That's that. That's not only the way the the takeaway and, and the enchantment of the book for me, but it's literally at least half of the book talks about the idea of uh, mesmer and and, and magnetism and th these concepts that, as a whole, like I don't know if it's it's because of science or they've been purposely hidden, but it, it it's gone out of the mainstream consciousness almost into like you know hokey pokey woo woo. Um, territory you know, you know right off the bat you have mary helena emma and baron du potet is pote is it or is it potet oh pote? and baron baron de potet who uh yeah i guess he he was like um an occult adept and, and what i mean by that is somebody who's you know obviously active in the terrestrial realm but you know to to some extent you know capable of being active in uh astral realm or or you know Right. Well, you, you dedicated the book to him. That's what I'm saying here. Right off the bat, you got. Uh, I guess this is your family members here, or no? Maybe. No, no, no. That's. Uh, oh, that's these are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I get it now. I see who the first three are. Actually, reading the book, I'm like, that's Lavasky, and yeah, I get yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Mary and Atwood, and um, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So yeah, this is dedicated to those four who basically you use. You know, use a, use a lot of sources in this book, by the way, too, which is again a big difference from the other book, which is more. Your subjective experience smoking DMT. I remember the vice saying it was six hundred. How many times at this point do you think you smoked DMT? I was um uh, six six hundred, but you know, I mean a lot. And again, with that, like a lot of people, sort of like um, a few people came back at me like, oh, you know, that's that's clown numbers. Yeah, you know, I was never chasing a number. You know, it's just like they asked a question, I gave them the answer. It's not like I'd ever been chasing right. a number. I'd um my sole intention was to understand what was at play. And I, I held that um, motive in my mind every time I smoked DMT. So uh, yeah, it was never chasing a number, but it was, it was over 600. Yeah. Let me see if I can just put this book in. I, this is what I took away from it. Basically DMT forces an explosive projection of astral of your astral body. Right. And, and the yeah. relative, your relative frequency uh, like beyond this realm I guess the realm that we go to on DMT, this astral realm, which I've kind of known about through other psychedelics, it, which is just this, um, it, it's also relative to your frequency. You talk about like a keynote, I think was the term. And yeah. it's, it's magnified to such an extent that you're, I, I've always believed this from my own experience, which was you're just interacting with beings. If they're not literally just some kind of mirror of your subconscious, unconscious stuff, if they do exist on an actual realm, um, it's 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 a realm where it's yeah there's no laws of physics or nature that we know and it's relative to your frequency so if you're in a low frequency state of being it might be demonic or appears demonic or heavenly angelic you know and so that's basically what i think your book is saying that we have this ability naturally you don't need dmt a lot of these people you mentioned in this book are pre-dmt right pre-discovery of dmt at least in the western civilization and they're doing it with and let's get into mesmer because that's a huge part of this is so the, you know people a lot of people know the term to be mesmerized so i don't think there's a, a standard term that we can except for maybe to be mesmerized is maybe i think people is are, are currently thinking to be like enchanted um with uh overwhelmed and, and an enchantment to be almost hypnotized right to be mesmerized yeah. 
Yeah. So tell me, tell me about Mesmer because he is a a huge part of this book. All right. So I'm I'm, I'm gonna skip Mesmer because I, although he was like he arguably founded it, although you know there's there's arguments in the book to say that this was known in ancient temples. So right. I'm gonna skip Mesmer, but the the point with it is is that something that's mesmerizing it's it's transfixing you know it completely arrests your mm -hmm. awareness and from my own experiences with dmt that's that's what i found what was happening you know it's like you're completely trans transfixed and you've got all this otherworldly uh content that that's just capturing your imagination so when i come to that conclusion and I started to research, you know, the occult, the theosophical literature and went down the path of looking into mesmerism. You know, I wasn't scared to go where the research led me. And yeah, I mean, it, that, that's, that's where it took me, you know, and, and when I started to look at like the principles of mesmerism, I realized that that's what's, what's actually happening with the, the DMT experience, albeit it's not a human operator forcing his imagination onto a human subject but rather it's um nature spirits if you will forcing their preternatural imagination upon the dmt researcher who has you know hugely expanded his or uh astral consciousness astral sorry constitution through through the dmt and you know as a as a result of that there's this there's this bizarre very very quick i mean it occurs in like it seems like instantaneous there's this magical thing that occurs where one minute you're in the terrestrial realm whether you're in your, your bedroom your house you know outdoors and then the next minute it's like wow i'm in a different world and what i'm saying is that is a, a mesmeric operation and what i'm using in my book which it's a basically it's an appeal to authority i'm saying that this is referenced throughout the mesmeric literature, especially with those um, higher operators like the Baron de Potet, those those who were really capable of uh, mesmerizing individuals. Those principles are there in the theosophical literature. It's not that I'm, it's not that I'm sort of using my imagination and saying, well, it could be this or it could be that. I'm saying, in the, the in the theosophical the occult literature. These principles are there in abundance. Yeah, no, I mean, you basically say that a lot of these ancient mystery might not even been psychedelics. It could have been a combination of some kind of psychedelic substance they were using. Yeah, and and you know this operating principle we're talking about here. Yeah, uh, you know, the, I think part of it is people were just more spiritually gifted, um, in in ancient times maybe possessing technology beyond what we consider you know like i yeah. don't think that the ancients were uh stupid i don't think they i, I think they ha had potentially more knowledge than we had and they they knew how to use the human body the vehicle the mind the spirit yeah and yeah to access these realms without uh substances and then dmt yeah. just gives the, the yeah, go ahead yep yeah. and that that's not me saying that these these individuals these occult adepts could have you know, a psychedelic DMT experience, but they were so in command of their physical and occult constitution that they could at will, you know, um, access the astral realms or higher. But not only that, they could uh, impose 
their will, their imagination on individuals. And even, you know, some of them could displace um, the occult constitution, the astral constitution of, you know, uh, the man or woman on the street, if you will, and, and have them experience like bizarre uh, sojourns, journeys into, you know, spirit land. And, um, you know, the literature is quite interesting in in that. So, yeah. Yeah, it's a, basically what I took from it was these were master masters at astral projection, right? People are doing that today, but they were doing it then. And this is where, and again, like people who had a gifted, uh, an adept, as you would say, uh, your first principle, right? You go yeah. through the book here. I, I like this exogenously administered DMT, you know, DMT from outside of your body, uh, powerfully and temporarily projects occult substance from the psychonaut and occult meaning hidden. I know yeah. that's, a, that's such a loaded term. Yeah. Um, so every time I read that in the book, I yeah, just yeah. replaced it with hidden. So that yeah. it's just hidden substance from the psychonaut, which is where the mesmerism comes in, which is, yeah. you know, the existence of an invisible natural force possessed by all living things claim. The force could have physical effects, including healing, which I, I believe in. But yeah, so you're saying that when you smoke DMT, it, it powerfully shoots out this hidden substance from the psychonaut, which is, I believe, yeah. it, what I took from it was like unconscious stuff. Like, because you're a lot of these operators, people that just randomly smoke DMT, they're not coming from a conscious place of operation. They're just trying it out of, you know, like, oh, I heard Terrence McKenna said, I could see machine else. So let's see what happens. You know, they're not really consciously entering it. So they're at the whim of their frequency and what that attracts yeah so uh, i mean it, it's a huge fast powerful astral outpouring now flow when i first started smoking dmt and i i would like you know first smoke it initially i would get like the 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 mandala the the right really the colorful sort of geometric yeah. patterning and you know, and, and I guess that maybe to some extent is what a lot of people still see. And maybe when they read my first principle, they're like, what's this guy talking about? What's this guy talking about? But what happened to me is like, after a while, I I would smoke it and I would no longer see that 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 mandala, that colourful geometric patterning. I would just see that sort of like, um sort of transparent or opaque but seemingly you know not viscous but you it, unmissable you know i would see that occult outpouring you know and if you're outside you know it it fills the local sky and you wave your hand through it and you get the tracer trails and the wind can be blowing but the wind troubles it not because it's mm -hmm. a different form of matter so yeah i mean that that that's the first principle you know and i think anybody who's you know pursued dmt indoors and then contrasted it with outdoors you really start to appreciate the difference because um indoors you know the the room becomes awash with this um this 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 substance this astral substance whereas outdoor you know the the, the there's no dimensions you know so mm -hmm. to speak you know you're not confined it just fills the sky and then over the course of an hour unless you break through over the course of an hour it slowly starts to infold back into your uh, physical being. So basically you're saying this is the fluid that these people are talking about, this this magnetic yes, animal yes, yes, magnetism, yes. the mesmerism. Albeit they, they were able to project it at will and invest their consciousness into that. Whereas with DMT, you're not willfully projecting that mm -hmm. substance. The DMT is unlocking some mechanism in, in, in the brain, in the pineal region of your brain, and it's powerfully projecting that it's not that you're doing it willfully and it's not that your consciousness 
is invested in that outpouring. You know, your consciousness is still where you're at, which is, you know, in your room, uh, on the floor, in the garden, wherever. Right. Yeah, so this is the fluid that makes the, you know, this is the mechanism, basically, that you are getting at this book. And you you went to great lengths to, like you said, prove through uh, prior knowledge sources out there. Appeal yeah. to authority, exactly. That uh, this is something that has always existed throughout ancient times, even up to modern times. But again, has been shelved, forgotten, hidden. You know, wh why do you think mesmerism and all these things kind of just went the way of the dodo? Um, I think there's genuine reasons why mesmerism went away, and I think um, I think one of them is that anesthetics started to become more popular. So you know there were some operators, uh, well documented, especially in India, that were using uh, mesmerism, but also in the UK um, to put people in a trance state, and then they'd, they'd be operated on. You know, I mean, some of them had, I think, they were amputated from the knee down. There were some serious operations no anesthetic involved and these people had painless surgery because what the mesmerist was able to do was force that astral substance from the limb leaving it insensible then you know the the surgeon operates and then you know that astral substance can return interesting yeah it, so the mesmerist was basically the anesthesiologist of the that's right yeah and then when when um, anesthetic started to come out and become more popular then that that sort of you know died a death so to speak but i've got a quote in the book it's by adam crabtree from an occult uh encyclopedia and um yeah i mean that gives a really sort of snapshot potted history of mesmerism and, and says how incredible that something that informed you know physiology and psychology in the modern age is now all but being forgotten and um mm -hmm. yeah it's surprising but you know i mean maybe it's just my youtube algorithms but i have noted more more content that's speaking to this this magnetism you know so slowly slowly i think there's more uh sympathy to it and even like like with hard science some some youtube channels such as um um the thunderbolts project which have this electric universe uh model theory of the universe and i think you know that touches on one aspect of it without you know looking at the mystical side of of um of this substance because this substance within us it, it it's universal you know it's within the individual it's within the universe, you know. It, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. You went to great lengths to talk about it, and I found, you know, like I said, this book was super inspiring for me to go back and realize that there's aspects to spirituality that I may have felt or come across, experienced, but had no way to contextualize or talk about it or understand that, hey, you know, this is a universal thing. It almost feels like the force in a way, like in Star Wars, the, everything's connected, and it's this thing that connects all things. And it's interesting that, one of the things I found interesting about mesmerism is apparently you you can affect other people, right? Through through if you have enough constitution, if you have if you're an adept, you have enough power, you can. And I guess that's what you do when you're anesthesia, you know, like putting people under. You are able to yeah. transfer that into other people, yeah. which I thought was interesting. Um, yeah, and there's so many different terms for it. It's like this pure, all pervading fluid, akasa. You know, because yeah. I've been in, I've, I've been into a lot of the Indian and the, and the Eastern spirituality, so you do come across these concepts. Uh, it's just like a universal vital fluid. Um, an invisible emanation is uncorked by DMT and rapidly and powerfully projects the fabled otherworldly experience. Ectoplasm, too, which is in you know a term from Ghostbusters. Yeah, I mean, there's the, the, so many terms for that thing flow, and they're all 
all describing one and the same thing, you know, from from different countries, uh, different cultures, uh, different esoteric cult models, or even you know um, attempts at a scientific understanding of it. You know, you got some uh, right. interesting names in there. You know, um, William Crooks. You know, um, you know, it's oh it's, yeah, it's, it's a whole a spectrum really interesting of... history. I mean, don't yeah. ask me. To, I can't re sort of repeat it now. You know, it's uh, yeah. But that's the thing. It says here the being who possesses an excess of this vital fluid yeah. acquires a proportionate power over both animate beings and uh, not so highly favored and over inanimate beings. Uh, inherent within one's occult substance are coded the qualities and characteristics particular to the individual as well. So, um, yeah, just mind blowing stuff. And it, again, this book really. For me, it was like that next step of understanding. Because the thing was, too, when I started to get into psychedelics and spirituality, I I was taking like the Tao Te Ching, Christianity, Buddhism, and trying to do what you're doing here, which is, you know, make a, make a study, a case study about all the things that are the same. Like we've been saying the same thing over and over and again throughout the great religions. It's just this term here and this term here. It's the same thing. I, like, yeah. you know, G I say Jesus was teaching the Tao. If you really yeah. know how to, you know, listen to what Jesus was saying, he was teaching eastern spirituality to 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 jews in 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 you know the holy land and so it's like this is the same concept here it's like well this is this concept here and this is the concept yeah. here and, and this is explaining the mechanism so it was yeah. it was my it's mind-blowing read i this is one of the best psychedelic books i've ever read because oh, thank you. Thank it's very hard it's very hard to even put the experience into words and, and and another thing too is people will only smoke it a handful of times and they'll say man this yeah. was is pure evil never do it again it's demonic <laughs> or you know they're, they they find something powerful that heals them or, or gives them insight into why they're having such a troubled existence yeah um so i've always wanted to just chip away at this because i know it's not evil you know no I, I, no 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 yeah and then you talk about the the dmt waiting room right um which is another thing that a common experience that we all have. I, I don't know how many times you've actually been in the waiting room. It seems like you've gone beyond that and never really gone back to the waiting room, um, the dome, all these things. Let's see. But well, uh, I, I, I'd say like, I, I, I don't favor that term. Like, you know, yeah. the so-called waiting room for me, it's just like, it's just um, a second, a few seconds or, or shy of a, a second where the, the spiritual creature that's, about to impose it, it, its will it's about to mesmerize the human subject i think it's just having a quick read of of that individual psyche you know it's like all right let let me let's see who's, who's this you know the, these these powerful spiritual creatures our psyche it's like an open book to these you know the, these are really powerful uh entities so you know i like the waiting room i just struggle with that term what like that's a uh, that's like a sort of physical or astral place where you just wait for the experience to unfold proper. No, right. never, really, never really favoured that term. But from my own experiences, I have, I have been in that where there's a, a pause, a momentary pause before, you know, the, the right. power of the entity unleashes upon you. And then before you know what's what, it's like, wow, you're in a full-blown DMT experience. Right. Which, which I am saying, you know, the... Um, the machine elves, the scenery, the clowns, the elves, everything that you see and, and you call DMT uh, entities, it's actually the, the preternatural imagination of a class of spiritual entity that's well known within occult literature. 
in occult literature, you don't get like machine elves. You don't get blue ladies or purple women or, you know, um, a wow. woman with a, a light switch to the city yeah. in the ground and she's dimming it, you know, varying shades of green. These don't feature in occult literature. But what do feature in occult literature are um, uh, nature spirits. Um, and what it says about these nature spirits is they have the, um, the power to impose unlimited glamour i.e. mesmerism upon those who are a uh, 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 subject to those will and you 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 essentially submit yourself to their will once you smoke dmt and you change your setting usually with that huge astral outpouring and then they're they're upon you you know it's upon you right mesmerizes you so all the the dmt art i'm saying you know it's capturing the preternatural imagination of um classes of spirit that are well known within uh, occult literature so um when i hear like um uh, dr andrew gallimore alien insects saying we're gonna map these realms i think well not really no because you know a, a all right yeah cultist adepts from way back they realized you know these realms are so vast forget forget trying to map it well it, it, you're, you're almost yeah. implying though and, and this was the huge key for me my argument has always been okay is this a place i'm going that is an objective reality that stays there after i leave or is this a byproduct of what i've consciously and unconsciously taken in and brought into the experience and it's reflected back to me that these entities don't exist on a objective level they're subjective to the user now what, what your book i think is uh, implying and gets at and which was the key for me which is these entities do exist in this astral realm where you know it, it really is unmappable because it doesn't exist as a solid reality but it does they do exist on a realm where they can project back to you your own you know relative to your frequency or like i said your unconscious material um they, they will project astonishment or or hell realms or clowns um relative to you so it's kind of the that middle ground of they do exist they that you, so you think these entities are currently existing on this astral realm and we are blowing into that realm our astral body and they are imposing um i guess either pleasing things but they're just relative to where we're at i think probably electromagnetic yeah, I, 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 I think it's like half half it's like i don't think the dmt user is is completely uh, exiting their their body and sort of having a, a sojourn into the astral realm I, I don't think it's i think it's like half half it's like you know the the huge astral outpouring it, it's still attached right to okay. your physical body and and that huge change in 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 set and setting has a a, a corresponding reaction from you know the astral realm where you know um one of a class of these these nature spirits will um impose it's uh, impose upon the individual mesmerizing the individual so mm -hmm. that then in a, a trance perception you know a trance state and then you know um the imagination of this entity will impose upon your psychedelicized channel of perception and um yeah so i think i think it's halfway i don't think dmt gives users sort of like the sort of freedom to access the astral or, or devashanic realms you know because i've never had one experience where i'm like all right i've broke through there's machine elves there's clowns there's elves whatever 
But I'm going to ignore all those. I'm sorry, guys. No, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to go over here and see what's over this way. doesn't work like that because right. you are in a mesmeric state. Your mind is fixed onto their imagination because they have the power to do that. And that, as I say, it's in the theosophical literature, the occult literature. They have the power to impose unlimited glamour on individuals, those individuals who are uh, subject to their will. And by smoking DMT, you subject yourselves to their will. So in a way, you're subjecting yourself to almost like a possession. Um, yeah, albeit a really enjoyable, fun, life-changing possession. Nothing like um, uh, nefaric, nothing dark, nothing, you know, uh, terrible or, you know, when I say demonic, I mean sort of demonic in sort of like uh, the, 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 the meaning that sort of, the modern day, the sort of Abrahamic faiths give it, you know, it's right. going to be like low level entities to you. You have significantly increased your vibration through smoking that DMT. That's evident with that huge astral outpouring to which there's a, a powerful reaction from uh, uh, nature spirits and they impose that otherworldly unlimited glamour, their preternatural imagination on you. And for me, I, I mean, it's more fun than you can shake a sticker, you know. I mean, pe people have said it's like, well, what what knowledge are you bringing back? And I don't think you're really bringing any. You can't bring any like scientific treaties back mm -hmm. or you know, right. like, mathematical principles. I'm not saying it's not possible with interacting with the occult realms, but with DMT, you're interacting with these these nature spirits. You know, or, or you know, um, divas, angelic beings. You know, there are healing modalities. There, there's a lot to there's a lot to be said for it. But you know, it's like it's like some people say, well, what what can you bring back? All you can really bring back is like the astonishment, the wonder, and and the change in your life because you have seen something ineffable. You have seen something that your own imagination wouldn't have been able to produce. And in that respect, it's like, right. and yeah. I don't think that that's such a bad thing, you know? Well, you know, I always say, even with the dark stuff that happens and there's an argument against DMT because it's like, Oh, you're, you know, maybe the elite are channeling these things and uh, we're tapping into these areas where people get scared to death and they never go back. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I totally agree though. But the thing is, even if a bad, like, let's say you're an atheist, you believe in nothing, like it's just materialism and yeah, and, and you're a hedonist and whatever. You go to these realms, whether they're dark or full of light, and you come back with, okay, something does exist potentially beyond the material world. And so for me, that's a that's a yeah. good thing, even if yeah. it's scary and like one of the craziest trip reports I've ever heard is, and I've seen this a few times with DMT, is where the person smokes DMT and it's just like they died. Nothing. They don't oh, yeah, encounter. Yeah. They don't encounter yeah. any entities. It's just yeah. like they, they body, physical body died, and they're like yeah. floating above their body, like you would in a near death experience. And they go through that whole process of, you know, life after death, right? So it's a non entity experience, but it brings them closer to peace with death, right? Because they've, you know, oh, I'm not just a meat body that uh, it ceases to exist after the body dies. So yeah. for me, for me, that's a always a positive thing oh yeah, if, yeah 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 the the classic um little death experiences and i've had that three or four times on dmt and you know i, I i'm not 
I'm not going to speak to the ones that you've read, but in my own, I, I would say they're definitely entity encounters, you know, like these, these entities can like trick your psyche. And for sure, I have been there in the, in the DMT realm and I thought I, I'm done. I'm never coming back to terrestrial reality. Um, but but for me, I mean, th these are just powerful ruses by these these nature spirits. You know, they have got like you know an a, a unfathomably deep bag of tricks. You know, and the thing is with the, the the classic little death experiences, when you come out of that DMT experience and you realize you're still alive and you're going to see your wife and you're going to see your, your children and you know you, you you've not you've mm -hmm. not transferred to the other side. There's that feeling of being like born again. You feel twice alive. I mean that that is powerful. That is rejuvenating. That's no bad thing. Yeah, that's to the uninitiated. That sounds terrifying. A lot of people are like, "That's just uh, you know." Oh, well, for I've... real. I mean, you know, it's um, you know, I mean, DMT. If if you if you're you're smoking it properly, when I say smoking it properly, you're aiming for breakthrough. I'm not talking. You're just like little bits of vape and you sort of get in there gradually but i'm like hitting the pipe and let, let's let do this yeah for sure you know it, it it's um it's terrifying to make that commitment once you've experienced the the powers and the you know ineffable otherworldliness of that state it's, it's difficult mm -hmm. one of the things i wanted to touch on which is a running theory i've got going which are nephilim look like clowns right this is one of the theories i found on youtube that i i've never truly experienced personally but i've read so many accounts about it is there's got to be something to it so my theory is and i don't know and this book actually helped me continue my theory because part of my thought was you know dmt is so subjective it's just my thing there's nothing really in putting any influence on it at, except for my own internal junk but then you read this book and it's like nope you're shooting yourself out there and you're at the mercy of these astral entities you know nature spirits as you say and what's come up i don't know fairly recently in the past maybe it's because of joe rogan as a collective conscious thing i don't know if you believe that these clowns exist in a realm right now beyond us and they're just waiting for us to appear but i think that these clown entities may be slightly i mean there might be like humans good and clown good and bad clown entities you know like just good and bad people and so my running theory is that these things are manifesting through parasites and and because this population has become so polluted uh, internally on a spiritual and physical level that these things are gaining more and more influence. I don't know. What what do you think about the clown entities? I know that's one people wanted me to talk about with you for sure because well, it's been, it's been yeah. coming up a lot lately. What, what are your thoughts on the clown entities? Because I had a guy, I, I posted it the other day and it was like, um, his friend had been smoking DMT and he'd been out of the world of the internet, Joe Rogan movies. Well, popular culture he had just smoked dmt with no real input and on his last trip he encountered a clown doctor in an operating room with a bunch of other clowns now, unbeknownst to him that there was this whole subculture of like like i said clown entities and are they demonic and you can see like killer clowns from outer space and it all these yeah, in popular yeah. culture now that are it's like these parasites are wanting to if if, if these entities look like clowns and they're on this other dim extra dimensional level maybe they're influencing through parasites you know as a kind of like possession and then that's why we crave th this kind of culture of like cl scary clowns killer clowns what are your take on these things yeah i mean look anything's possible i mean for me as i've said like you know 
whether it's clowns, whether it's machine elves, whether it's elves, I mean, any anthropomorphic or quasi-anthropomorphic creatures in, in DMT realm and DMT realm itself, it, it's the preternatural imagination of nature spirit. So this will be a nature spirit imposing upon a, a DMT user and in it, in its powerful mind or in its powerful capacity, it can like produce several clowns. It can produce several machine elves. It can produce that environment. That right. they're in. Um, to that sort of wider question as to whether they're sort of subtly influencing, you know, um, society, you know, through through sort of the psychedelic community and and impulse, I, I could be, could be. I'm I'm open minded to it. But what I'm very clear about is, you know, these clowns themselves, these are not operating as as that in the astral realm. Rather, these are imaginative constructs of of nature spirits or whatever class okay. of entity. And bear in mind these these kingdoms, these astral kingdoms, they are vast. And I mean, like you know, vast. And I say that on faith, not because I've experienced them, but just because of what I've read. These are right. really vast oh. kingdoms within which there are huge, expansive, populous classes of entities. Some equal to mankind some far lower than mankind and mm -hmm. some above and way above mankind, you know? So in my experience, smoking DMT, DMT, unless you are like naturally like on a, a, a introspective or dark train of thoughts, DMT doesn't take you down there. It's like, you know, it, it's reaching up into that realm rather than reaching down into that realm. And I think what, what might be interesting to discuss here is if you are taking sub-breakthrough doses and you start on an introspective train of thought, you are very going to quickly attract to your mind, to your mood, that class of spiritual entity that, that resonates. Right. That, that, that was and, my and, and I know because I, I've done it. I think, I think it's in book one or book two where I've smoked – uh, you know, a good dose of DMT, albeit sub-breakthrough, I have seen the ground moving because, you know, that, that mm -hmm. is the um, sort of um, fluidic properties of the astral outpouring. And then I started to, like, go into a, an introspective um, frame of mind and an introspective stream of thoughts, and it's quickly accelerated and amplified. And, like, oh, my God, I mean, it's just, it's just dark, you know? Yeah. And that, that's my mind doing that, but it's because I've started to attract, you know, those that class of entity to me. Whereas if you're going for a breakthrough, you know, I mean, it, 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 the, the rules are, you know, you smoke the dose, you lay back and you submit, you know, don't fight it, submit. And that, that's what you're supposed to do. And I think if you do that and, and you've got a breakthrough dose, you, you're aiming high into that astral realm. And, um, you know, 99% of the time, it's just been beyond fun. It's just been fantastic. And that I said, even the dark experiences, which, you know, I've documented, I think, on your podcast and other podcasts. Again, I just see those as like a challenge, you know, to be overcome. And um, and you know what? Those, those darker episodes, they stick in my mind the most and they have informed me so much mm -hmm. as to what's happening. And when I say dark, I don't think it's necessarily something evil that's imposing upon you. I think it's just sort of saying, you know what, you've come a long way. We're going to give you this experience, 
and some of those experiences like really it's like i you know i i might not go back after this but if you do if you do go back i found you get rewarded you know they're like wow you came back after that experience yeah you're brave yeah well done here's here's some fun they're like wow back to the good times let me ask you about this theory which is i interviewed a guy named lewis unget about uh his proposition was that spirits on the other side of the psychedelic experience are trying to gain a foothold in the material world right our world and so they'll use the, the like con men they'll show you a good time they'll bring you in and they'll use someone like me or you as a promotion tool um yeah. you know what i mean so what do you think about yeah. this theory that entities are yeah. trying to exert an uh, influence on the material world and then like i said it's kind of go, going with my clown theory which is maybe these nephilim yeah. are entities that want to exert yeah. uh influence go ahead all right so i think i think it's like um like what we've already said i think if if there's an individual or a group of people you know uh, however large if they're like of um a low-minded mentality you know they are going to attract that kind of entity to them and that's going to you know influence them and and their interaction with individuals you know but so you would agree that these entities are on are operating on their own wanting to influence you know through us i think so 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 when you read the esoteric the occult literature what, what he's saying especially about nature spirits is that they're on a, a parallel a parallel line of evolution but it's completely separate to us it's like you know they're, they're like evolving separately to us but there are i think there are in those vast populous realms there are entities and if if how can I say? I think it's just you attract where you, where your mind is at. You know, if if right. you're on, if you're focusing on like, um, you know, you enjoy like watching crimes on TV or murders on TV, and you really, you know, he's like, you know, you're thinking those dark thoughts. You're going to attract those kind right. entities to you, whether they're trying to get a foothold. Yeah, I, th- I think it's probably. I suppose it's like the battle, the unseen battle, isn't it, between right. good. And- well, you know, it's like raging on, you know, and, and there will be, you know, as much as there's those where there's good influences and you attract good influences and you project, you know, I, I want to mm-hmm. do good for the world, you know. Equally, there's those where, you know, I, I don't buy all this spiritual BS and I'm, I'm you know, I, some people want to sort of drag us down. I suppose it's that age-old fight where, you know, some trying to like raise mankind's vibration and others trying to bring it down. And there's a spiritual counterpart for each of those lower and higher respectively. Yeah. Cause I, I, I was concerned about this with my own personal, you know, promotion through, I guess, glamorizing in a way, making humor out of and making an interesting spectacle of LSD mushrooms, DMT, and that there's entities on the other side going, ha ha ha. Yeah, we've got him now. Now he's influencing you know, thousands of people. We got we got DMT researcher now. Ha ha ha. We're gonna influence so many. Yeah, more. yeah, but, but flow, you know, and like uh, and this is with, with DMT smoked, this is with DMT in ayahuasca, this is with Bufo 5 MEO DMT. What about that healing modality? When you start to look at sure, demons, yeah. you know, now, now the divas, the devashans, these are higher than the nature spirits, and they're like, you know, controlling to some extent the nature spirits. These are like, you know, um, they have wonderful healing capacities. I mean, you speak to anybody who's been to like a healing retreat with ayahuasca, 
I mean, these are like life-changing, life-transformative people coming over severe trauma. What? And then you've got a, a group of people saying, this is evil. Like, right. really, have, have you tried it? You know, it's like, right. we're not going to try. That's the trick. If we try it, then we're subject to Satan's machinations. I mean, whatever, you know? No, I, I agree with you. I just have to do my due diligence yeah. and try yeah, to be as yeah. objective as possible, yeah. which I think you do a great job as well. Like, you're not, you know, you're just saying this is what it is. This is what I've gone through hundreds of times. This is what I think the mechanism is yeah. now at this point in this book. Yeah. And uh, you know, take with it what you will, uh, use it for however you want. But this is yeah. just me expressing my truth. And I agree with you. Like, like the reason I continue to stand on this uh, precipice of like psychedelics, good or bad, and yeah, is I think I've had the understanding from a very um, like objective as possible. Like I'm, I'm being honest for one thing, and so are you, which is again why we resonate. But I'm not here, you know. I will say, hey, you know what? Maybe some of you people that are in the wrong state of mind shouldn't do these things. You know, maybe it'll scare the shit out of you, but maybe that'll be also be one of the greatest things that could happen to you. You know, maybe you'll make a leap into spirituality. Yeah. It's been, it's been nothing but enlightening, yeah. and 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 made me a better person. Compassion, it's helped me healed parts of my body. Um, so I'm as a proponent of it still because I, it gets a bad rap from people who come from a very um narrow-minded religious spiritual upbringing and they see only things as a binary of good and evil and there's not much gray in between and if it doesn't fit within their limited worldview it's cast off as evil so yeah. I, I, but again i like to do the due diligence if a guy got if i got a guy saying to me hey look we're possibly opening a portal uh to let these things in and this is what happened to ancient cultures that embraced some of these psychedelic drugs, they ended up being, you know, these cultures ended up turning into human sacrifice cultures. I'm like, okay, being the objective person I am, I want to know, hey, am I leading people into hell? So, but again, again, I, I say, you know what? No, um, that may be true as, as a, maybe the culture does get to a point where it degrades to that point. But again, it's not, it's, it's the fact that the culture is degraded and not, not, not potentially it's the psychedelics fault, or maybe again, it is like, you know, to, to be devil's advocate here, maybe it is opening up portals to un unknown realms that we have no business knocking on doors of and then letting these things you know get a foothold again this is my killer clown theory but again i continue to stand like you as i guess you would you would still call yourself a proponent of psychedelics right yeah you still promote oh, yeah, yeah yeah absolutely yeah very much so you know when um you know um sensible use you know like to do do your research don't mm -hmm. don't like clown about with this stuff don't like get drunk and then try it do do your research yeah. do, do your due diligence and, and question why you're doing it and obviously you know get get the dose right and um be sensible be responsible you know one of the things i found interesting you know it's it's no nut november do you know what that is or no fap november do you know what that What's is no fap november or no nut november have you ever heard of that term no it's a kind of an internet meme that's taken on a life of its own it came from reddit where men who watch too much porn or jerk off too much yeah, yeah. They, they, they abstain uh Good. for the month of november and it's just interesting yeah. that we're talking about this because reading this book about it's basically a book about mesmerism the history of it and um the thoughts on it in relation to the dmt experience ultimately and you really tie it up nicely at the end um but one of the overwhelming thoughts i kept having during the reading of this book was you know it talks about a fluid and in my personal experience with lsd and mushrooms and in relation to the sexual organs and like chi right this is basically like, there's so many names for this 
fluid, right? She was yeah. one of them that you, you, you had used. And I'm like, well, that's basically saying these, maybe these adepts, like for example, Nicola, uh, for, for, so when you supposedly save your seminal fluid, like somebody like Nikola Tesla was a celibate, right? Look at all yeah, the yeah. fantastic things he brought. Nikola Tesla, one of his greatest secret was supposedly he would lay down at night, put down a journal, uh, and he would wake up in the morning and something had filled it out for him. And so I look at people like Steve Jobs as another famous practitioner of semen retention, good, great athletes. They don't, they don't nut, they don't, you know, ejaculate, they don't come, even if even yeah. with sex. But it's yeah. gotten to a point with pornography where, you know, men have actually become conscious to try to like reverse course here. And so what I'm getting at is I think, and I don't know what your thoughts on this, which I want to ask. I think there's a direct correlation between your seminal, your semen, semen, your seminal fluid, which is used in these ancient Eastern systems of the chakras. Like you're supposed to raise your Kundalini. And this is a, it's like the electromagnetic force. Uh, it creates life with an egg, you know? So what are your thoughts on, do you think there's any connection between like a man retaining his semen or your sexual fluids in regards to this, uh, this mesmer, this, uh, um, magnetic, oh, yeah, magnetic yeah. fluid. I, absolutely. I mean, I think, I think it's in, um, Blavatsky's the secret doctrine volume two. And it, it says, what does he say? He says, um, like celibacy, celibacy is mm -hmm. essential for adeptship. You know, if, okay. if you want to, if you want to yeah. go into a cult adeptship, you really sort of got to, you know, um, I would say as a minimum, have control of your animal passions, your urges, you right. know. Right, yes. You know, I mean, it makes it clear, you know, and and again, I, I'm not sat here saying, hey, I'm a, an occult adept. Wow, far from it, you know. I, I, I've got my own demons, you know. It's like, sure. like he's not made me perfect, angelic, or an occult adept. I've got my own little demons here and there nibbling away at me that I've yet to deal with, you know. it's. Mm -hmm. Well, th that really ties it up for me in such a beautiful way because that was, I think, I think really when you look at the inverse, which is what's going on today with the you know pr proliferation of pornography and just widely acceptance of um, promis promiscuity and yep. a hookup culture, that nobody can even approach this as a possibility because we've become so disconnected from it in terms of like actually having access to the literal fluid itself because we're expelling the fluid through yep. so much sexual yeah. gratification and i'm like wow that's really the key here the key is to be celibate and if you again if you look at some of the greatest thinkers like leonardo da vinci some argue he was homosexual some argue he was a celibate um i tend to think that he was more on the celibate side i think some of these great thinkers these great inventors and great athletes and then some of them actually actively promoted it or talked about it but tesla was a perfect example yeah. of someone who was a celibate and was able to bring through incredible stuff you know, through, you know, his lifetime. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I'm glad that you really, you know, because that's the thing too. It's like Eastern spirituality talks about it too, like uh, the chi and then you, the kundalini yeah. stuff. It's absolutely necessary. Yeah. To, I think, to, go ahead. Well, I think, I think, I think celibacy is, um, that's, that's tough, man. That's tough because obviously the, um, you know, when God made us creatures, you know, we, uh, with the animal passions, you know, it's right. like, well, you know, he really created something really powerful there. You know, it's like, um, I'm, I'm straight heterosexual. I, I really uh, admire the female form. It's like, wow, you know, same. Yeah, you're exactly. really good there. I'm like, wow, you know, <laughs> can't take my eyes off that, you know? Um, so I think, you know, celibacy is like tough, man, but I think, you know, 
I, I, you're right what you're saying. I think even if you just sort of like start to say, right, well, I'm at least going to control what, what goes into my mind. And like you say, you know, the, 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 the porn, the porn sites, you know, I'm, I'm not going to name them, but they're awash across the internet and they're so easily accessible. It's like, you know, at least try and control, you know, yeah. what, what you put into your mind. And again, again, I'm not here pontificating. As I say, I've got my own demons. I might, mm-hmm. that might be one little demon I, I too have to deal with. But what I would also want to say, Flo, is when you look at the the literature on mesmerism, you know, back in the day, the human to human, what what they established with mesmerism is that it raises one's moral faculties. You know, right? The the operator that's that that's imposing upon the human subject, his or her, you, you know, moral faculties are raised, but more so, the subject, the one being subject to that will of the operator it raises their moral faculties and there is a vast difference between mesmerism and hypnotism hypnotism doesn't raise one's right you know it doesn't raise one's moral constitution but mesmerism it was well documented and i think that overlap to dmt realm where you're saying all right well it's not human to human but it's spiritual entity to human i do think there's a a raising of one's moral faculties. I mean, you know, when I first published DMT and my occult mind, the, the original and retired and started to do podcasts, I made no bones about it. There's probably a pun in there that when I set my stall out to do DMT research, I stopped uh, masturbating of which I had been, you know, I've been, I've been pretty, you know, yeah. if, prolific professional and <laughs> you know i mean that was years ago and to this day you know i have i i have not masturbated once and and and, and so from that I you're an adept now yeah emt really helped my emotional intelligence which was lacking you know i, I can see it now i couldn't see it back then you mm-hmm. know i was just do like you know but now I see, you know, DMT helped me with my emotional intelligence. And, and from that, you could say, well, it, it did raise my my moral faculties, my, mm-hmm. you know, and that's a good I'm, thing. I'm so glad you brought that up about the your energy field and those around the person, the adept being also raised into that level of consciousness, because it's very similar to the guru concept of you, you hear some of these gurus, Indian gurus, both you know, past and living, some of them, where you get in the energy field, the closer you get to this, you know, person, spiritual being, uh, you feel it. You're mesmerized, oh, right? Yeah, you're, you're, yeah. you're trained and en- enchanted, and your your yeah. frequency by default and yeah. via the proximity is raised. So I just thought, like, wow, this is really it tied a lot of things together. Some of the things I can't even remember to talk about right now, but it, it definitely the guru thing, the the kundalini, the, the the ejaculation, like this is a literal fluid that I always thought like this is somehow that cum was the most important part of uh, spirituality and we're just like wasting it, right? You know, yeah, un- yeah. Un- un- unknowingly. Yeah. I've, I've always thought it's like interesting as well, how, you know, like your, your animal passions, you, um, you're you emitting, you know, a, di- a divine fluid, you know, from, from mm-hmm. your, your, your penis contrast with like the pineal region of your brain right of dmt you know there's a very different fluidic outpouring albeit one that's you know it it doesn't shed you know it doesn't spill on the ground so to speak you know this astral substance that projects very powerfully under influence of dmt has an elastic property to it and it does over the course of an hour slowly start to infold back into your physical being and and, and outdoors you know you can actually 
feel that on your skin. You know, your yeah. skin feels like improbably tight because of the um, uncommon constitution of this astral substance. Yeah, it's interesting. I used to say that uh, when you were coming all the time, whether it was through sex or just plain old masturbation, that it's like a gas tank with the hole at the bottom and it's just leaking yeah. out where you're supposed to be shooting it out right through this uh, this thousand little uh, thousand petal lotus at the you know, right above your pineal gland, right? You're supposed to get this fluid up and out. And I would I would argue that now knowing that it's, it's changed your life in such a significant way. Yeah, that it's helped you. Go ahead. Yeah, but you know what? If only I could go back to my childhood and make some better decisions and better choices, but it is what it is. And, yeah. you know, I've, I've got to live with sort of like, you know, the choices I've made, you know, and as I say, I'm, I, I'm no angel. I, it's like DMT has not taken my, my dark side away. It's probably made me come to terms with it far mm -hmm. more and make friends with it far more and incorporate it into my life far more. But, you know, as I say, I've still got my own little demons nibbling around me. Yeah. Well, I would just, I would just say, you know, like I would say that you not, uh, you, you're raising your frequency through this use of it, uh, understanding these things step by step has helped you get to this point where you're basically given the key to the mystery here. I mean, I, I like to think that we, there are things that we just won't know no matter how hard we try to chip away. But I do feel like through my own personal psychedelic use, you kind of bridge that gap between like, okay, this is just, again, prior to this book, I'm like, you know what? this DMT experience is just a subjective, it's a, it's a re subjective reflection of my inner stuff. And there's no way to map it, of course, because we're all different. We all have, have a different inner constitution, but you're saying, no, it is an illusion, right? But it's based on the entities in that astral realm reacting to our uh, output of this fluid. That's basically yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and I'm basing that on appeal to authority argument and and referencing yes. those arguments in, in, in the book, you know, because, um, as I say, you know, um, occult adepts, obviously not using DMT, have established these mechanisms and these principles. You know, I mean, it's all there within the esoteric theosophical literature, except it doesn't mention DMT, but it, it, it's as good as all there. Well, yeah, the ancients didn't have the DMT. They didn't. I mean, the closest they think they yeah, have is, yeah, yeah, you know, sure. ayahuasca, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? But I believe you know, so. Yeah. yeah. Wow, man. Um, what's next? Are oh, you done? Are you retiring I mean, from well, the? You know, I, mean, I, I like um, again, sort of struggling to commit to social media without kind of like feeling like I'm forcing it, and then and. and and it's I don't. It doesn't feel right if I'm like I'm going to force myself to post. I'm going to force myself to do this. I think since I've published this book, it's like, as I say, I don't feel like at the moment I've got anything to prove. It feels like a mic drop moment and the book's going to have to promote itself. I mean, I know I'm doing this podcast. We agreed to it months ago. I've had a lot of requests, but I had promised you and I said, you know what? I'm going to yeah. do one podcast this year. It's going to be with Flo. I promised him it. I'm going to do it. I'm probably not going to do any more for a while after this. Um, I was talking to my my good friend Rick Voot um, a few days ago. In fact, in summer I had the pleasure to, to meet up with Rick in person for the first time, and I, I I really like Rick. And we were talking yesterday about ideas, and yeah, I've got got a couple of ideas in mind, literary ideas, and uh, one in particular um, really excited about, and uh, it's kind of made me feel enthusiastic about doing some more research. Um, so yeah, there's ideas there, but at the moment, I'd love to do audio books too. You know, any, any, any hint on that idea? 
Uh, I'd rather not because somebody else might take that idea. Right. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. You're. Yeah, you're. Yeah. I, I truly believe that these ideas are out there in the ether, and you know, yeah. you see, you see inventions that are invented at the same time across the world, and it's yeah. like, yeah, don't, don't. Uh, somebody else might have it, but I think, and I appreciate it by the way. I'm super honored because I think this is one of the most profound books, especially no, you know, digging for, into this I mean, for so long. What What I love about the book is. You know, the content aside, I feel like it's so well produced. And if you contrast it to, yes. say, the first book that's retired because it was too big and too wordy, and then DMT and My Cult Mind Light and DMT and My Cult Mind 2, which probably could do with a, a revamp just in terms of its layout. This book is so well produced. There's no Wikipedia references in there, which I stand by in mm -hmm. DMT and My yes. Cult Mind Light. And because who has not spent a night like going from Wikipedia page to Wikipedia page when you're in a, when you're stoned or, you know, you're, you're, you're on the back end of some psychedelic or drug experience, you know, Wikipedia, I love Wikipedia, but this is more, yeah, this is more... more academic. And, and even though I say so myself, it, it's a very well produced book and I'm really yeah. pleased. And, and the fact that I got um, Alva Gullishan to give me, um, permission to use his here and now on the cover i mean yeah, you know exactly i didn't know what to recover i reached out to alvar thinking i wouldn't get a reply and he came straight back and he was so good he was so helpful and um yeah and i i love the guys that you know and and some people have said you know it's like you know talk about don't judge a book by cover you know i get on facebook and you'll say huh it's the waiting room it's like, mm -hmm. man, you've not even read the book. And you're like saying, oh, you know, this artwork is the waiting room. So the book's just going to be about the waiting room. I mean, how no, shallow yeah. kind of, you know, it is what it is. You can't, you can't. Well, that's why it. I wanted to get out here and promote this. You know, this again, this is one of the most objective, well-researched primary source documents. Like you said, no Wikipedia. It's a beautifully done book. I got the hardcover because I don't think the other two were even offered in hardcover. Um, just because of the nature of you getting into printing and then writing your first book and all that. Um, I have them both on the shelf behind me. You can't see because I've obscured it, but people want to borrow those other two books. I'm like, fuck no. I'm like, <laughs> uh, especially the first one. I'm like, that's a collector's item. It's in mint condition. It's signed by the guy himself. Um, I have a very special connection with these books and um, I will continue to promote this one because uh, it's always the argument online what are what is DMT? Where is it taking you? Are these things real? Is there a subjective, objective reality to it? I think this book really gives the best insight I've ever read into Thank the you, subject man. matter. Uh, and you. again, like your honesty, your willingness to go all the way for the truth is kind of where I'm at. I just want to chip away and know if it's if it's even knowable. So I do appreciate the exclusivity of doing this interview um because i just try to be as honest as possible to look it may be good it may be bad let's talk to this guy and find out and see what he has to say well you know, you know yeah. hello i mean look you you you've been really wonderful over the years you you've like you know you, you promoted my stuff you you've, you've been really wonderful and, and i mean that you know so um that's why you know i was going to stick to my promise like i said yeah. I, published, I got i got lots of invites lots of offers and um I said, no, I'm going to stick to my promise, you know, even if Joe Rogan had reached out, which he ain't gonna, but had he, you know, I'm a man of principle. I would say, sorry, Joe, sorry, Joe Rogan, but I've got a promise float, float universe. I'm going to stick well, to it. Well, now that you've done that, you can definitely, I say go for it, man, if you want to, but I, you know, you, you know, your life, you know what you want to do, but don't, uh, you know, like get your message out there. I'll do my best, you know, but I'm just one guy and 
the right person reads this like again graham hancock you know that's as big as it gets next to joe rogan you know and in terms of the psychedelic realm and spirituality ancient mysteries that's as big as it gets so again congratulations yeah. to that and Thank your you. message is out there you're you're definitely in the pantheon of dmt celebrity for sure at this oh, point oh man i'm blown blown away i'll be, I'll be honest um it's nice to hear. For me, it doesn't feel like that because I I, I invest, you know, um, my time. You know, I, I'm good at my job, my my, my regular day to day job. I, I'm good at that. I enjoy that. Um, I'm still thinking I'm the best family man in the world because I invest time in my children and and my wife. You know, and and again, I think that's probably you know down to myself and and down to DMT. And I would feel insincere if I was like really sort of pushing this push, pushing this book and like busy on social media at the expense of spending time with my family or or not doing my job properly so um but yeah thanks for all the kind words really really appreciate it Flo. thank you yeah and, and one quick question I, I, it's on the back of my mind everyone asked do you think that this applies to lsd and, and uh, mushrooms too like or do you think there's different agencies at play different mechanisms at play with these other psychedelics um, or do you think this is just how LSD, lsd and mushrooms yeah right so, I mean, LSD, and I'm, I mean, I've got quite a bit of experience with it, and I know some have got considerable experience with it. I, I never felt like um, proper entity encounters on, on LSD. I know some have. I've read reports, and I know I, you know, I, I once took a, a, a tab of acid. It was nice. It was strong. It was very, very clean. There was no sense of entity experience. But then when I, in the garden, laid down and hit my DMT pipe, wow, straight away, you know, right. like, wow something's on me so you know it's, it seems to open a different gate um obviously magic mushrooms you know th there's that sort of analog link to dmt exactly yeah, yeah. For, for sure you know it's definitely an entity experience for sure you would say the same astral stuff yeah i think there. it's just yeah. just how how the mushroom so you know going to your stomach and it's like a very sort of much more woozy bendy outpouring yeah. of astral substance you know it's still entity experience but um dmt is just very wow it's just like supercharged you know it's just it really really intense as as, as many will know has this bled into your personal life like at work do they know you as uh dmt researcher <sighs> no okay <laughs> no, 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 no. and you know what i think i was once asked on a, an interview um do you find it difficult and and no, I don't, but I do feel like it limits me. You know, it's like I just couldn't go to work and say, oh, I did this and I did that. You know, I smoked some Bufo this week. Oh, what's Bufo? And, you know, you're like, mm. like no, man, it's um, not at all. Wow. Anything else you want to promote? I see you got a poster behind you. You're wearing a T-shirt. Do you actually sell those or is it just something you've just made for yourself? Uh, no, I am um, not at the moment. No, but I am. Um, I, I would totally buy. I would totally buy both of those. Yeah, it's just like um, I wanted to do it after, like you know, getting the book. Just get myself a couple of t-shirts, but no, don't don't make them available. And I probably couldn't unless I got Alva Gullishan's kind permission. Oh, that's so true. That's future, true. Yeah. Might well, say, is this something I can do? Yes or no? And if yes, do you need a percentage? Um, yeah, I guess I did want to say something. I've already said thanks to you. I just want to say. Thanks hugely to anybody who has supported my work, especially those who've reached out and, and said thanks very much. I, I know there's some people that have reached out that don't usually reach out to individuals and they've been really kind. And anybody who's bought the book and enjoyed it, uh, you know, if you can leave a positive review, that will be 
hugely appreciated and and yeah i just want to say thanks to anybody and everybody who's given support awesome well i think that was a perfect interview in terms of i really enjoyed it man i was so i was so nervous an interview so nervous well i appreciate it and again the book is just so perfect and i'm glad we got to really we, we really talked about pretty much everything but there's so much more right there's so much detail about mesmerism this forgotten thing which is in every culture throughout time, it's probably the yeah. answer yeah. to a lot of these ancient mysteries. And, you know, you've confirmed for me that not jerking off is, uh, you know, spiritually elevating. And it, it does, I think, go into really? play with this. So you've answered a lot of my questions. You've, you've bridged the gap between uh, is DMT a subjective or objective experience? I think long story short, it's both. Right. And it's kind of an illusion, but it's kind of not. Right. It's kind of like the perfect yin and, y- yin and yang of reality, yeah. which is like a balance of the two. It's a paradox. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's a, a wonderful book. You guys should go get it. DMT and my cult mind three or it looks like squared almost. Is there anything that uh, you thought about? Like, you know, with the three there like that, it looks like, you know, like uh, or, just, or cubed or cubed. Just, That's what just, no, it's just not a nice little touch. Yeah, okay. I just thought, yeah, just, just I nice was interesting touch. though, because like the cube and like a tesseract and yeah, yeah, uh, multi dimensional yeah. stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah, DMT cubed, you know, but yeah, no, it's yeah. DMT and my cult mind three. The I guess the last, the drop, the mic drop of the trilogy, certainly the last, the last in that title. Yeah, the last yeah. in that title, but hopefully not the last book I write about, about DMT. Like I say, I've got a couple of ideas and one I'm really enthusiastic about so uh probably going to pursue that and is the is amazon the best place to buy or do you have a website you, you could like it's the only to? place because i you know i mean um i've never pursued a, a publishing house i i self-publish so you know i know amazon get a cut of that and i know amazon's like you know um multinational global blah blah right. blah, blah. I, but, what, I, I get that, but this is just the easiest route for me. If anybody wants to reach out and ask for a signed copy, I do, you know, sell signed copies. I'm, again, I'm not profiteering on that. Uh, I got to say, you know, if it's, if I'm shipping overseas and um, postal prices have gone crazy since, mm-hmm. since we have COVID nonsense. So, you know, I've got to factor that in, but yeah, you know, happy, happy. Anybody wants a signed copy, happy to send it, happy to ship it. Wow. Well, it's been quite a journey with you over the years, band accounts, these books, um, everything in between. Did you ever go float, by the way? No, never, never, never. Maybe you can start getting I need to come over to you to see you and get that organized. Hopefully one day. Well, we'll have to find out if I can get you one in the UK if you want to do it. I know we talked about that last time, but we lost touch and... Yeah. Uh, you know, the world's there might, changed there might be so something much. Something happens next year, but again, I, I, I'm not. You're done for the year. Interested what that may be, but possibly that the, the could be, could be some some big news next year, but um, I have to wait and see. Well, I will definitely stay tuned. Follow him on Instagram, follow him on Twitter, DMT Researcher. Get the book there uh, on Amazon, the only place. Uh, support local artists, independent authors. Unbelievable. Um, the, the key, I think, to the DMT mystery is right here in this book and uh i i just i i hear terence mckenna whispering in my ear i hear the buzz of the realm i think we're so close and i and god bless you man you are enlightened thanks for coming on tonight it was a pleasure thank you flo thank you i do think terence would have approved thank you yes Des, uh, and dennis all that they're all in the book man you got them all I, I, a great book for the just the history minded of the history of mesmerism like forget about dmt if you want a great concise well-researched history of mesmerism the forgotten thing here 
but uh, it's definitely inspired me. The book is super inspiring. So again, I'm going to continue my journey with NoFap and mesmerism and this fluid. I'm going to continue to chip away the mystery, but I think I've broken off a significant chunk of the DMT mystery when, when I finished reading this book. So I thank you again. Dick Con, everybody. Thank you. All right, my friend, you have a great night. Bye-bye. Or a great day. All right. Hey, Bye. Yeah, bye-bye.
psychedelic effect, DMT, LSD. 